The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining us as always is the Rickster. How are you, buddy? Mate, I'm great. What about you? Always good, mate. Always good. Living life on the wild side, are we? Always. Yeah, Always. carrying those dollar bills and... So it? many, mate. So many. You're the I money. I just man. don't know where to store them all, you know. Macca, you're my hero. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am everyone's hero, let's face it. You are. You are the, the favourite character on this uh, podcast, that's for sure. Yeah. <coughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Hey, uh, how's... Uh, I see Tom Lynch got off again. Yeah, yeah. Is, is he uh, is he blessed or is it was it just a love tap? I think the, the one that I saw... I didn't see both of them, but the one that I saw was probably just worthy of a fine, I think. I think uh, Collins played it up a bit. Like, he sort of ran around for a bit and then decided, oh, I might fall over now. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it didn't look convincing that it was that hard. <laughs> but yes, he is blessed. Uh, we all know if Charlie Dixon did that, he'd get two weeks or something. So Didn't Hamish get rubbed out for a gut punch once? Yeah, I think it was a bit harder than that one, though. Was it? Twice, I reckon, he's got done with a gut punch. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's two uh, there's two interpretive rule books on the field and in the match review panel at the mm. moment. I'd love to do a uh, a suspension uh, comparison of non-Victor Victorian players and see how they compare. Mm. I think they definitely work backwards in terms of. I think that looks like it should be two weeks. What categories do I need to have for it to be two weeks? Sort of thing. As opposed to, well, that looked you know low impact, that looked reckless, and it comes out at one week or whatever. I think they definitely work backwards to determine the penalty first and then make make the shoe fit, so to speak. Yeah, which is wrong. Mm. It shouldn't be like that. But here we are. Hey, well, I've said many times how when you've got a system that's uh, uh, based on. Uh, no precedence, you have a biased system. We might as well be based in China. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's get into uh, discussing this game if we have to. Um, we'll do our love and hate first. <laughs> might as well get the love out of the way because I'm sure that'll be quick. <laughs> yeah. What did you love? Uh, I loved uh, Boyd Woodcock because I thought uh, in what was a pretty tough game, uh, I thought he was quite smart in his positioning. I thought I thought he worked really hard. He kept busy, kept presenting up forward. Um, you know, pushed up the ground a bit, got a fair bit of the ball, kicked a nice goal. You know, he did everything that we would have wanted for from him. You know, in, in just his third game as well. Um, you know, I thought he was one of our better players. That's interesting. A lot of people have got him in his in their sights to be dropped. I can't see why. Why would? Why would that be the case? Oh, I have no idea. I, you know, I probably didn't. 
I wouldn't have him in my love, but I thought he was serviceable. I mean, let's face it, that everyone was shit out. So uh... there wasn't much to love, mate. As I said, <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot to love. I don't understand no. why he would be in the gun. You know, he got twelve touches, kicked a goal, a couple of tackles, three inside fifties, seventy-five percent disposal efficiency. And uh, we'll get to uh, another player in a moment, I'm sure. But uh, what was your love, mate? Um, yeah, there wasn't much. I pretty much love that we're we're still top of the table. I think top spot's ours to lose now. Um, you know, if we're yeah. good enough, I believe we can go undefeated for the rest of the season. Um, and we've said it already this uh, in this COVID season, you know, I think there's some... PTSD with Port supporters and, and waiting for us to fail. Um, but I think this team has been different this year and is, has shown uh, they've got a different mental fortitude. And uh, to be honest, I'm not expecting a collapse. And it sounds like Hawthorne uh, discussion for Thursdays uh, collapsing with injuries. So mm. look, they're, they're going to be right for the picking. And uh, I just think, yeah, Port will be on form too good for pretty much all the ret- remaining teams. You know, maybe with a question mark over Collingwood so I mean I love the fact that we've put ourselves in a position through this challenging season uh, we haven't had a buy you know we've I would say yeah. our 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 fixturing schedule has been more onerous than say West Coast yep. where where what West Coast just moved interstate one week before us but what they pretty much hubbed in Queensland and then have gone to a permanent hub back in Western Australia Whereas you know we've we've done on the day flights numerous times we've we've been bouncing back and forth uh, quite considerably in our fixture between the states. Um, you know I think we've had quite an onerous schedule, and considering we weren't one of the first teams to be given a buy, and yet still to have one, I think that's um, testimony to the coaching group, the the physical coaches, and the players um, that we've been able to generate enough consistency to still be top of the ladder. Yeah, I think it's a fair point. Look, top is certainly the place to be, and we're in that spot at the moment, which is great. And it was great that we were able to get thrashed and still maintain top position, uh, as Brisbane only won by a point. Um, but look, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I definitely agree with you that we should be winning pretty much every game from now on, but. They're also diffi- they're in that sort of annoying, difficult zone where we should beat Hawthorne, but there's a big chance we won't. Like we no. we should beat Collingwood, but there's a big chance we won't. We should beat Essendon, but <coughs> there's a big chance we won't beat Essendon. North Melbourne pushed Brisbane to within a point on the weekend, so it, it's definitely ours to lose top spot. Um, and I guess we'll just have to wait and see if we have actually improved or not. What it, what it shows is season consistency is extremely difficult. You know, just the physical wear and tear of the body with the shortened games, it's, you know, that the fact that North Melbourne could push Brisbane and, you know, and there's been teams that have had run-ons. I mean, wow, West Coast has played seven games at home or whatever it is and have won seven games in a row. I mean, what do you do? Let's see, let's see how they go when they're back out of their hub, you know, big flat yeah. track. Um, yeah, I, I think as supporters, I think we're being a, a little bit critical. We've won uh, some good games against top eight oppositions and we're, you know, we've lost. I was a bit disappointed that we, we let our percentage advantage blow out through the Geelong game. But, um, but, you know, I mean, 
look, I mean, we got umpired out of the St Kilda game, in my opinion, um, in, that, in that loss. And um, shit, I can't even remember who the other loss was to. Who was the other loss to? Well, we lost to Geelong, Brisbane. Yeah. And, I mean, look, uh, St Kilda. Brisbane, we were in with... We were with Brisbane for three quarters. It was just that second quarter that was just Scheisenhausen, you know. We just had a deplorable second quarter and everything went their way. So, and then Geelong was obviously, uh, you know, that's, I don't know what, what adjective to use for that one. But, um, but yeah, so I think there's a lot to love about our position at this point in time. And, uh, yeah, let's enjoy it and let's go in and believe that we're top, top two, at least, is ours for the taking. It certainly is. Look, on face value, you know, we only have to play one more top eight team at the moment. Um, so it's definitely ours to stuff up, basically. We should, we should be finishing top two from here. Um, my, my hate, look, if, if some I haven't read that, but if some people are saying that Boyd Woodcock should be dropped, um, I would hate to think what they... I would hate to read what they think should happen to Stephen Motlock after his game <laughs> on the weekend, because... Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, he should have probably got the Matthew Capuano treatment and been delisted at half time. Because um, <laughs> he, he's cooked. He is absolutely cooked. You know, <laughs> we've spoken about Mott's probably more than any other player on this podcast this year. You know, we were big on him on the preseason in terms of talking about him and whether he should should be in the side round one or whether it was Farrell's spot or yada yada. And you know, he had that really good preseason game. Then he had a really good game in round one, cemented his spot. Was uh, probably best on ground against the Crows in round two, and uh, should have won the showdown medal that day. And he pretty much hasn't got a kick since. Um, yeah. And yes, it was his first game back from injury, but he was just crap. He offered absolutely nothing out there. Every time he got it, he either dropped it or gave away a free kick, or um, handballed it to the opposition or something silly like that. Um, you know, I, I think he's cooked. He's done. Like his time at AFL level should be over, starting immediately. Well, he really hasn't. This is his third season with us, right? So, yeah. he in his three seasons, he really hasn't offered us anything. Um, no, he's been, been a highlights player. He's he's had probably two good games every year, uh, a few sort of reasonable performances, and then not much else. And yes, he struggled with some injuries and all that sort of stuff. But um, look, you know, we, we've got we've got plenty of other young kids that we can get into the side in his position, and um, I think we need to go down that route. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're going to have uh, a young fella getting six disposals, <coughs> learning the game, you're better off with that than an old fella that can't get the ball and doesn't yeah. do anything. Yeah, I understand. I feel your pain. Mm. Very frustrating. So, very frustrating. So, what's your hate this week, mate? It's a bit of a uh, it's a bit of a topical one, Macker. I sort of I hate I hate the Ken I hate the Ken chatter. The Kenneth. I hate the Ken. I hate the chatter. I hate the innuendo. Um, yeah, I, I hate that. You know, he gives supporters. Um, Ammunition to complain and be whingers, you know, um, through perfor- performances like that from Geelong. I don't actually hate Ken, you know. I think uh, from my appearance, from what I see outside looking in, I've never spoken to the guy. He looks like a nice guy. He looks like a genuine nice guy. Um, 
I think he's a guy that really relies on assistant coaches to be successful. I think if you compare him to a modern coach that's a great coach, Alistair Clarkson, I think Alistair um, has shown over his journey that he can coach. He Alistair develops coaches rather than relies on coaches. I think Ken's the opposite. He, he doesn't really develop coaches and he relies on having quality coaches. So when he, you know, when he had Richo and then uh, Phil Walsh um, at his disposal, um, you know, he had a quality football side. Um, yep. When he lost those quality people around him, um, the Port Adelaide quality deteriorated as well. It looks like he's got some stronger quality coaches back in the box supporting him again, and uh, he seems to be functioning better. Um, is it enough for him to to be a 10-year generational coach, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I think, uh, yeah, the concern for me is that I don't think you can be a great coach when you have certain sides dominate you for an extended period of time, you know. Yeah. I, I don't recall any great coach, whether it's in a Port Adelaide camp where we've had only a few in my lifetime or looking at other AFL coaches where... You know, they've been owned for, you know, a 10-year period by particular teams like West Coast or, or Geelong in our 19-22 record with Geelong. Um, you know, I just think, and, you know, we had that rut with North Melbourne. I just, it just doesn't sit right with me. And, you know, I'm just, I guess I'm disappointed that, you know, Ken couldn't get anything out of the players to at least be competitive for a quarter um, and it reminded me a lot of the North Melbourne game last year when finals was up for grabs and we were just limp. We were limp biscuit and showed nothing, no fight, no nothing. And, you know, and it frustrates me. And I, I think Ken has the tools and the, and the resources around him to, to be a premiership coach and for whatever reason he's not taking that step. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. Is he a great coach? Obviously not, because great coaches win finals, and we haven't, you know, done that in a record amount of time for Port Adelaide Football Club. So, yeah, he's definitely not a he's a, he's a coach. <laughs> he's not a great coach. Um, mm. I think he has great qualities about him, but he's certainly missing some other qualities as well. Um, look, it's just disappointing how we played on the weekend, and, and we'll get to that in the review, I'm sure, but. I don't know. It's just, it's just disappointing to lose that sort of game by that margin um, when we've looked pretty good for most of the season. And we all sort of had a bit of an inkling that it might happen. Um, but once again, you know, you just sort of, you just can't stop it. You know, it's, it's almost like it's on rails. We all know what's going to happen before it happens. Um, you know, in that well, first, I just, I just, first three just, minutes when Hawkins takes two contested marks and kicks a couple of goals, you think, oh, fuck, here we go. And uh, we all know what's going to happen after. Yeah, I mean, I, I just fear that, like, you know, we'll, we'll make finals and Koshy's going to be champing at the bit to fulfil his pledge of giving Ken a 10-year coach. And I, I'm a coaching career with Port, and I just, I'm just not convinced that you know, and this could, but could be. You did bad. say five minutes ago that we are in the best position. We are. In so the he best. must be doing something right this year. Yeah, but he can't close the door on doubt. You know that is true. Yeah, 
that his coaching doesn't close the door on doubt, and that's what I hate. I I just want him, you know, all great coaches, and if they, I'm sure he wants to be a great coach, they close the door on doubt, and there's no questions. Like we don't question Alistair Clarkson, right? Even John Worsfold, he's got money in the bank. John Longmire, they're 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 classed as great coaches. Well, they've all won premierships. They've all won premierships, and they've all taken their opportunities. Um, you know, and Ken has. Do you need to be a premiership coach to be a great coach? Well, I think so. That's why you're a coach, right? You can't last 20 years in the game by not winning a premiership and unless you're uh, the best salesperson on the planet. Yeah. I mean, that's your whole job. It's not, not coach to have a, a, a win-loss record of 55% and just be around the mark unless you're, uh, unless you're a St Kilda and that's satisfactory. Um, you know, but I would hope that, you know, from a Port Adelaide perspective, we... Uh, we want not a career coach, but a coach that's ruthless in his in their quest um, to win a premiership. And if they're not, well, then they're they're out. And I just want so I just want Ken, and I hate the fact that Ken can't close that door of doubt for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. Look, I think he's definitely going to coach next year. Uh, I think there's no doubt about that. Um, whether he gets another contract after 2021. I guess we'll have to wait and see and see what happens at the end of this year and, and early next year. But, um, yeah, there's no doubt at all that he's coaching next year, in my opinion. Is it... If the rumour's true that he's got a trigger clause in his contract that if he makes finals, he gets another year, do you think that's healthy from a club perspective? I think it... Yeah, I think it can be. I think it can be. So if uh, you make finals as a coach... You deserve another year. I think, I think it can be healthy in the right situation. I think um, it's the whole sort of carrot and the stick sort of scenario, isn't it? But I don't know. I, I think more so than that. I think that in the current climate with COVID and we're not sure what's going to happen and you know all that. We, we don't know if we're going to be in a similar situation next year with a shorter fixture and you know if it's still going. Um, I can't see us making a coaching change at the end of this season with um, <clears throat> with the uncertainty in the world at the moment. I just don't not, see it happening. I'm not, and I'm not arguing that we should, but uh, I just think it's interesting that um, you know that you would have a clause in there like that. Seems, you know, I mean, I would have sacked him after 2017 to be honest. Yeah, um, he, he made finals and we bombed out after two years of no finals. And technically, that triggers a clause for another year. I mean, I think that's pretty poor. Yeah. Look, I think uh, we have to do something pretty special between now and the end of 2021 for him to get another contract, in my opinion. Um, Look, I hope that happens. I hope he does get another contract because it does mean we've hopefully done something pretty special, made a grand final or won a premiership or something. Uh, But we need to do something. We need to do something. We can't be in this limbo of not doing anything anymore. No. Well, this season uh, will it's tell not good a lot. This season will tell a lot. It will. Libby has said on the speaker chat, uh, Motlop and Watts will be delisted at the end of the season. I think uh, both are probably correct, you would think, in that regard. 
Um, Porsche has said he doesn't have the capacity to be a great coach. Scott has said uh, he's too lazy and nice to be great. And uh, we will never win a premiership under him, unfortunately. Well, I think the problem is when you rely on your assistants to make you a good coach, you don't have the skills to be a great coach. Yeah. Which is the ultimate tease. That's the, that's the problem. Is like we, we looked so good against Richmond and played so well. And, um, you know, coming up against Geelong, who were coming off a four-day break, um, so two more days, two less days, sorry, than what we had. And we were all excited and thinking, God, we should be winning this game. And, um, you know, to put in that sort of performance just, just shows that it's all mental, really. Mm. And that's that's been the problem is that um, you know we're just the ultimate tease. We we look like we're going to do something and then it just doesn't happen. It's two steps forward, two steps back all the time. Can I just say tonight the big footy chat or our thread? I think had the best question of all time tonight. I'm very excited to answer that question and debate with you. It's the Arnott shapes one, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to debate that one. Well, let's get into the, into the review. I um, should have followed that question, Macca, with has the flavours changed in the last 20 years? But anyway, mm-hmm. yes, sorry. Yes. We'll there get goes. to that. No, I can see that being like a half an hour discussion. So we'll certainly, we'll rush through the game and get to the Arnott's chat for sure. Um, but yes, it was round 12. We played uh, Geelong up in Queensland and uh, put in a very disappointing performance. We lost by 10 goals. Uh, we only kicked four goals seven. Uh, they kicked 14 goals seven. Um, Tom Hawkins kicked six goals on his own. He outscored the whole of Port Adelaide. Gary, Gary Rowan kicked three. There were no multiple goal scorers for Port Adelaide. How did you see the game, mate? What uh, what happened out there? Well, look, it's going to be a pretty average review, Macca, because it was <laughs> it's pretty, pretty average. average it was a performance. Pretty... So, look, I mean, really, <laughs> there's not much to comment on outside of the fact like. I went to um, I went to the the confectionery store at Tea Tree Plaza to buy my daughter some some lollies and uh, I got there and they said sorry we're sold out they were all sold on Friday night at the Gabba um, yeah there was that much candy sold to Port Adelaide uh, <laughs> that uh, the whole country's run out and I was very disappointed but it was weird like I just saw I'm just going to make my, Instead of talking about the game style, because there wasn't much there to actually comment on, I'm just going to comment on the observation of what I saw. And I saw a team of very, very tired players, right? Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that many easy dummies from a football team against another team where there was no pressure. Like, they just ran... Every mark, every contest, they just ran around us um, like we weren't there, we weren't trying, we had no defensive pressure. Um, it was just, we, it was unport Adelaide. Uh, we couldn't hold our feet. We just had, we had, everyone was slipping over. Our legs looked that heavy and tired, even though we had a two day break. And when you've got uh, a player of Robbie Gray's ball handling standard, unable for nearly the whole game to pick up the ball and fumbled everything, something's not right. You know, yeah. um, our matchups didn't look right. I mean, you know, Travis Boat looked like a school kid next to um, what's his name, Blick, Blicksard, Blickfarvis, Blick whatever his body Blick name Cavs. is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just 
yeah, it was just a really weird evening of football for me as a supporter. I was expecting a very combative and um, competitive Port Adelaide to appear, and instead we got this meek, um, you know, almost to the point where I, all I could to rationalise it, I just thought, you know, did they give the boys like a heavy, heavy training load this week against Geelong um, for whatever reason to prep them for finals or whatever? Um, but something just didn't look right. No, no player really got into the game. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you could maybe mount a case for like Boat, yeah, with his disposals, but really I didn't think they were much. Uh, all our prime midfielders were down. Rockcliffe had a shocker. Um, you know, Dixon had a shocker, but you know, I guess you could mount an argument that he didn't really. Did he have his nose broken in this in the first quarter? It looked like it was broken. Mm, I'm not sure if it was but, broken, but he had a very severely disjointed nose. Um, yeah, so it's an anomaly. It is like it was probably the the only game that I saw. I mean, St Kilda, the St Kilda game, you sort of felt like poor. <laughs> But St Kilda was sort of just a little bit better. You know, they were moving yeah. the ball. Appearances, they had the ruck advantage um, through our injury. Um, and so you could see they were just moving a little bit a little bit better out of the appearances and the stoppages than us. And that might tell, and it did. But, you know, there was nothing. There was absolutely nothing. And I, and I guess that's what brought up the hate about Ken because <clears throat> every year we have that these games where there's just nothing, like North Melbourne last year. And, um, you know, it's, it's rare that you see that with um, the great coaches. And it was just mm. very, as order, it's very disappointing. Um, yeah. And well, it was just I the guess... same issues. Like, for me, it's just, you know, it just has to be Geelong. They just look bigger and stronger and quicker and tougher and taller and more skillful. And they go in and get the ball more. You know, it was just like watching peak Geelong versus Port Adelaide in the late... 2000s, you know, like peak bloody Ablett, Bartell, Kelly, these guys against Tom Logan, Matt Thomas and Davenport sort of thing, mm. which was really disappointing because, you know, to end up, you know, we've we've had a bugbear about goalless quarters and we only kicked one point, which was a rush point in the first quarter. We didn't look like scoring at all. Um, I actually thought we had a pretty decent second quarter. Um, and in terms of gameplay, I thought we at least evened out the the match. But again, we couldn't get it on the board. We kicked one goal five. Um, but that's, you know, part and parcel of where we choose to take shots from. Like, it just seems like, you know, we, we complain about bad kicking, but we're always having pot shots from 50 out on the boundary sort of thing. You know, but there are very low were, percentage kicks. If I was a conspiracy theorist, I'd almost, I'd almost say that we were that diabolically bad that it was almost by design. Like, you know, mm. when, when Carlton sort of came back their charge against us at the Gabba, we uh, we adjusted our game plan at the first quarter. You know, we we set our defensive line a little bit deeper, um, stopped them being out of transition through our high press, and that allowed us to get on top and win the game. You know? Yeah. Um, this game, yeah, I mean, it was just weird. Like, you know, they just let Hawkins one-on-one for the whole game and just didn't care. Yeah, it was We like... didn't care. And that's the strange thing was, like, there was almost no coaching going on. Like, there was there was no changes. There was no, let's try something different. 
it was just the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and look, I don't know. When you start the game, I think it was, what, 0-9 to nine in clearances to start the game. You know you're in trouble early on. And, um, you yeah, know, that's a bit of a disaster in the midfield. And they were a disaster in there. And there was just so many things wrong with the game. Like, they just won it out of the, the middle time and time again. And, you know, the fact that they were able to get it out of the midfield meant that they were able to get consistent deep inside 50s. Like, almost all their inside 50s were inside 20s. Um, and, you know, they isolated Hawkins, one out against... Um, an opponent in Cleary who tried one thing and one thing only and then ran out of ideas when that didn't work. Um, and we, the, the problem is when the opposition consistently get the ball out of the midfield time and time again, just like we saw against Brisbane, just like we saw against St Kilda. So we're having to start all our forward attacks from the defensive 50, pretty much all of them. And mm. trying to get it deep inside 50 here at our end is very, very hard with the way that we try and play football. Um, you know, we, we really struggled to get it any further than sort of 40 out from goal. And we just kept bom- bombing it to Dixon. And we, look, I thought we both had similar game plans in that we were just going long to, the, to a tall forward, except Hawkins was up against one player. And I don't know where the rest of the defence was the whole game because they were nowhere near Hawkins. Um, and... We kept doing the same thing with Dixon and just trying to bomb it long and hoping he'd take a contested mark against eight people, like five opponents and three of his own teammates, um, which obviously is never, ever going to work. Correct. I, so it was just very frustrating. We might as well talk about Cleary because Cleary had an absolute shocker um, and got absolutely pantsed. But again, like I'm not sure it's entirely his fault. Like, Was it coaching that said... You have to play in front of Hawkins the whole game. Like, why wouldn't you just fucking stand behind him <laughs> and try and play behind him and spoil the ball instead of just being pushed out and having contested marks up against you nine times? Like, that's ridiculous. Can we also uh, can the supporters that were saying that Hawkins were pushing was pushing Clurry in the back? Um, let it go, man. There, he he was just stronger than the guy, yeah. and it was pushing, he was just too good. And that, was, that was the most bitterly disappointing thing for me, is that all year, even in the games that we've lost, all year I feel like we've had great team defence. Like our defensive our back six have been exceptional in um, getting numbers to the contest, spoiling the ball, you know, McKenzie's been great at that, Jonas has been you know, the best in the league at that, uh, DBJ's done his job, all that sort of stuff. Where were they? What? Why was Hawkins allowed to be isolated on his own with against Cleary the whole game? It just makes no sense that that was allowed to happen. And that's what I mean. If I was a conspiracy theorist, I feel I feel like it was almost like the coaching group didn't want to show anything. Yeah, I. The only thing I can rationalise and make myself feel better is go. You know, I, I'm going to tell myself that they flog these guys on the training track this week to the point of exhaustion um, because they knew we'd still have top spot and they didn't want to show all their tricks um, coming into finals. So it's the only thing I can think because it was that diabolically shit house. It was. It was. Look, Jonas moved on to Hawkins for a little bit and did okay and then Cleary went back on him again. Um, you know, the last quarter was just diabolical. The sad thing when- was that at half time we were only two goals down. So on the scoreboard you're thinking... We should be right in this game. It's only two goals. Well, well, that's nothing in football. 
But you watch the game and realise we might be two goals down, but we are zero chance of winning this game. You know, we had two days more rest. <coughs> Make a couple of tweaks to the, the playing style and uh, the players and where they're playing. You know, we, we could maybe run over the top of them, but no mm-hmm. way. Goal last quarter. Um, the boys the boys were cooked, man. The boys were cooked. But where's Lyasset at as a player? He, you know, he's into, what, his second year with the club on a five-year deal. Uh, is he influencing the game enough for what he's supposed to be doing? No, I thought he played okay. I thought he was one of our better players. Um, you know, he's only a ruckman. Um, you know, I thought he was getting his hands on the ball. I don't know if it's just... Uh, I don't know if, if Schofield has a fair bit to answer for in the way our, our midfield sets up on occasion against better teams, but you know, Dangerfield just ran it out, and Guthrie ran it out time and time again. It was uh, very frustrating. No, they all ran it out. I mean, normally we play Dangerfield as a Port Adelaide, as a club. We we handle Dangerfield more often than not very well, mm. especially at his, time, at his time with the Crows. He he was never a player that really annihilated us all the time. Um, you know, we really just let him run around like a, a rabid dog, like he had rabies or something. You know, we yeah, uh, yeah we there was no, and but there was no real accountability by any player. Uh, like you said, Motlop was just non-existent. Uh, <coughs> all I can think is that that hit of Dixon's nose obviously caused a bit of issue. But, I mean, it was hard for him, man. Like, the forward delivery was diabolically bad and slow. And, you know, I mean, even Tom Hawkins would have struggled to kick multiple goals for Port if he oh, played yeah. in out. <coughs> you know, so I think those uh, having to go at Dixon's a bit tough. I mean, it was Oh, Dix- Dixon would have kicked six. As well, if he was in a Geelong jersey, absolutely, oh, no doubt about easy. it. Easy, yeah. He, um, how many? The question is, how many would have Warren Treadray kicked? Eleventy, I think. <laughs> he would but, have kicked eleventy. Uh, so you're putting a line through Motlop and the rest of his career at Port. Where's Where's Rockcliffe at? There's a There's a few people with pitchforks going at uh, Tom Rockcliffe. Well, Rocky is what he is, which is a very slow midfielder. Um, we know that um, you know, horses for courses coming up against a team which is pretty quick in Geelong uh, they got a lot of quick mids he was always going to be in a bit of trouble um, you know I probably you know he's probably due for a rest I know it's his 200th game this week but he probably needs a bit of a break and uh, needs to be managed a bit and come in against some different sorts of teams I guess but you know he's never going to be a superstar against you know, explosive midfielders, which is what he came up against on the weekend. And, you know, it wasn't just his fault. Like, Wines couldn't handle them. Boat couldn't handle them. Um, you know, Pal Pepper was was just okay, maybe. Uh, Robbie ran through there for a little bit, struggled. Dersma didn't get a kick. Um, you know, all our midfielders were pretty poor. Has Dersma come back from his hamstring well as a player? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Have we rushed him back too early then? I don't think we rushed him back because he missed quite a bit of time, but I think maybe he's a little bit tentative, I guess. You look at him on one wing and Amon on the other. Um, Amon's getting a lot of the ball. Desmond's not really getting a lot of it at this point. I mean, he's still sort of working hard, but, yeah, he's he's out of form at this point. Mm. So who's in your uh, who's in your sights 
Who's in Macca's sights in this team? Well, I think Motlop should be a definite out. I think Dersma needs a break, needs a week off. I think, uh, you know, just like Motlop, Farrell hasn't really done much. Um, you know, he's... I don't know who else we have to come in, but um, with Rosie out as well for a, for a bit of an extended time. But, um, you know, four kicks from Farrell's not enough to get a game every single week, I don't think. Ebert, he's back. Ebert should come in, for sure. Westhoff? Um, definitely not. No. no. No? No. Who would you bring Westhoff in for? Well, I'd only bring him in for, like, Mitch. No, I think Mitch needs to stay in and, uh, and continue his development, especially with uh, Sicily out against Hawthorne. Um, look, that wasn't the sort of game that a third game or fourth game player is going to uh, get much of the ball in because uh, he was he was smashed and uh, we as a forward line was absolutely smashed. But um, I thought that Mitch at least kept presenting, kept going for his marks, kicked a goal. Um, yes, he only had the three touches, but I think he'll have a much better game this week. Took a nice grab. He did. He took a nice grab. Look, Laddams yeah. as well was pretty disappointing up forward after a really good game the week before. Um, you know, he didn't really offer much up forward. Did you did you see that uh, Nathan Bassett said that Laddams was the best forward on the night? For who? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently for Port. Peter Laddams was the best forward named Peter on the night. I'll give him that. Absolutely. A bit of spin by Bassett, you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, it was just a bad, a bad night at the office. You know, Houston was disappointing. Um, you know, Butters was a bit down on what um, his output output has been recently, but I thought he kept trying really hard, which was yeah. Great. But I mean, I, I, Butters is, I think, a barometer for our intensity, right? Because that kid just doesn't he doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. No. He's a great he's a great enthusiast of pressure. Um, ball handling. He might not get the most disposals, but his ball use is amazing. Uh, and even he was going to ground, right? There yeah. was, I saw numerous times where he was losing his feet. He was fumbling, and that's very unlike him. And that's what makes me sort of think was like, yeah, was there a high training load with us? Was there something off? If not, was there something off with our recovery? Did we miss the mark with our recovery from the Richmond game? Hmm. Um <laughs> because I wouldn't say that Geelong's pressure was intense enough to cause us to play like that. I I don't think it was a really highly pressurised game, to be honest. I think I think no, we just played on their terms. That's yeah, all. we just allowed them. That's exactly right. We just allowed them to play it on their terms with no no defence and opposition at all. Yeah, that's as I said. They they won it out of the midfield a lot. And um, we were having to start all our attacks from the defensive 50, which means that Geelong can just set up and do their thing. It wasn't, a, uh, wasn't an intense game like what we saw against Richmond, where both teams were absolutely gunning for it. Um, you know, Geelong just uh, won the ball when they needed to, set up and, uh, and let their structures do the talking. Correct. Yeah. All right, yeah. that's enough. Let's uh, oh, yeah. move on and talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> So the, uh, some questions from Big Footy. The FEK has asked, uh, is this history repeating or are things different this time? 
Yeah, well, I've answered that. I reckon it's different. I'm hoping it's different. That's, well, that's my answer. What for you that are cynic, for you that are cynical, I shouldn't say use the uh, Australian slang. For you that are cynical, what what do you need to see us do in the Hawthorne game to lose the cynicism? I know what the answer will be. Well, tell me. The answer will be nothing because they're third bottom. So beating third bottom doesn't mean anything. So if we beat them, pump them by 100, it doesn't matter? Then it's just us beating a bad team, which we've done heaps of times. If we beat them by two goals? Then it'll be a disappointing win. <laughs> That's what people will say. Port, Port can't. Or can't really win from no, we can't. But we've we've put the club has put themselves in this situation by not being relied upon to win the games that we should should hopefully be winning and turning up against good teams, which we've really struggled to do in the last three or four years. So they only have themselves to blame for supporters, you know, being a little bit fifty fifty on these sorts of things. Oh, I'll take a hundred point win and dissatisfied supporters. Yeah, I'd like I'd like the percentage to go back up. I would say the next test really is against Collingwood. If we can beat Collingwood, it looks like I don't know if it's going to be here or I'm guessing it'll be away. Um, if we can beat them, then I think that's the next test where we go right. That's a tick if we beat them. What happens until then doesn't really matter so long as we keep winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, win-loss, 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 win-loss has said, um, when should we expect and what does Farrell need to work on in order to shorten the gulf between his best and his worst? I don't know. You're you're the real Farrell lover here, Macca, so maybe you can answer that, but he just needs to get more ball, doesn't he? He needs to influence more of the game. He needs a, a firecracker up his clacker, I think. He just... Look, he is what he is, and let's face it, he's a bit of a Nathan Loney. He's very much an outside receiver, who needs to be fed the ball to do his thing. Um, he's not one that's going to go in and get it. He showed that a little bit in, in little glimpses, but he's not going to go in and get his own ball. He needs to be fed the ball. And to do that, we need the rest of the team to do their job to get him into the game. Um, mm. but look, there's, I, I might be a fan, but there's no question his last three or four weeks, he hasn't really delivered on what he needs to. And his spot should be under question at this point. And it might just be that he's just another uh, another footy player who's just doesn't know how to get the ball but has an exceptional kick. Like, there's been plenty of them in the past. Yep. Uh, Butters made me do it as asked, uh, what strategy designed to beat Geelong were the coaches even trying to implement and why didn't it change during the game? Well, they didn't try anything, I don't think. And <laughs> no. I, I'm just making I'm not myself... sure what they thought. What strategy? What strategy they sort of thought would win with what we put up? Because there didn't and seem I, to be I'm, any strategy. I'm just making myself feel better by rationalising it that we knew we know we're going to meet play finals. Chances are we'll meet Geelong somewhere along the way, and uh, so we didn't want to show them anything. That's the only thing I can rationalise to make myself feel better. Yeah. Um, but as maybe do it has also asked uh, how many of the current first twenty-two at Port would Rick pick Brendan Archie ahead of? I can't believe that Brendan is 
so early in his career is going to hit 50 games. I mean, this is just amazing. Like, what a what a Cinderella story for this fantastic specimen of a human being AFL footballer. And, mm. you know, I, I was expecting it to come maybe three, four years' time. So, you know, I think I'm going to weep a tear in uh, four weeks' time when he plays his fifth that he, he runs through that magical uh, West Coast uh, banner. And uh, I, I miss him every day at Port Adelaide. He spoke like a true leader. And uh, I would definitely... Motlock could go for Brendan. Farrell at the moment could go for Brendan. Yeah. Sam May could even go for Brendan. I mean, his his performance was deplorably shit house too. So mm. I can't how Brendan couldn't do any worse than at least those three off the top of my head. Look, it's only going to take him. It's look, it's his ninth year, and he's gone at the lofty heights of about five games per year at the moment. So it is, um, you know, he's probably going to be what. Well, he's going to be 26 by the time he gets his 50th game. So that's uh, he's still a young man in football terms. He's got at least another 25 years left to get to yeah. his, uh, his 100th. So look at look at great club man um, Jason Cripps. You know he mm. eked out a great 50 gram game career, and now he's like the mecca of all list managers. So that's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but yeah, I'm expecting Brennan to be playing for at least another 50 years, and. And he might even make the uh, the you know life membership two hundred grade mark in the AFL. I mean, he's just that sort of capable player. He is very good, very good. Uh, Interstater has asked, "What makes you think we won't eleven and four again after Hinkley's hero served up that giant dog turd of a game?" No, nah, we got a um, when we were eleven and four, we could see with our game plan that we weren't eleven and four. Yeah. So, I don't was, think I don't think it's an eleven four season. I think it's a two thousand and seventeen type season that we might accidentally yeah. face. But. but I think I don't. I think we'll two thousand seventeen. We coughed up a top four spot. I don't think we'll do it this year. Yeah. Um, he's also asked: Does having a two three win loss record against the other top five sides mean we are just making up the numbers this season? No. No. The security. Gone either way, um, you know. Geelong was shocking, you know. And Bris- I think we can beat Brisbane. I think Brisbane are beatable. So, um, yeah. I mean, look, let's not just rule off every rule out everything just because we got smashed by the Geelong. Well, there's no standout team this year, to be honest. Like we're one of four or five that can win it. Um, no one's really put their hand up to say, "Hey, we're the front runner at this point." You look at Brisbane, they've, they lost to Geelong and Richmond. Their fans are probably thinking the same thing. Plus, by the end of the season, they would have played 14 out of 17 games in their home state. So that's an almighty leg up right there. Geelong themselves have lost to GWS, Collingwood and West Coast. Um, you know, two, two very good teams there. Plus GWS, who on their day are you know, arguably the best team in the league sometimes. Our West Coast have lost to Brisbane and Port. Um, they've had five on the trot at home. They're about to play their sixth on the trot at home. Um, you know, it would have been nice if we got that sort of run <laughs> instead of having to go up and back to Queensland every every second game. Uh, Richmond lost to Port and GWS and drew with Collingwood. So they've lost to some top five teams as well. And Collingwood themselves have drew with Richmond and lost to GWS and West Coast. So every single team that's a premiership chance at this point has lost to other contenders. There's not a single team which has said, hey... With the team to beat this year, so I don't think it means we're making up the numbers. 
It just means we're making up the numbers of teams which are a chance. Yeah, and I mean, look, I think every premiership t- team loses to an, a, a rival during the season. I mean, it's it's just how it works. That's how uh, it is. Yeah. Yep, on the wagon is asked, uh, are we any chance of beating Geelong, Brisbane or Wet, Co- or <laughs> Wet Toast uh, in finals? Of course we are. Hope so. I think we're right up to our eyeballs in this season, and I think it's ours to um, ours to to not make a grand final. We we we're putting ourselves in a great position to have an opportunity to maybe do a two thousand and seven. Yep. Look, we're as good a chance as any. Uh, he's also asked, uh, how would you feel about going into twenty twenty one with Ken if we go out in straight sets in finals? Tell you what, there will be a lot of very unhappy Port supporters. Well, I sort of asked. But as, as I said, we're, we're not going to change the coach, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. No. Uh, CT Power has asked, who are the senior players who can't cope with expectation? Well. Can you say all of them? <laughs> well, you'd have or, to think most of them. Rockcliffe hasn't played a final series in 10 years. Yeah. So we, we don't know how he's going to handle it. Um, uh, Travis, Travis, and Robbie, for all their greatness, have delivered us, and Westoff have delivered us three final series. Well, maybe Westoff four. Did he play in 07? Um, yeah, yeah. They they've only delivered us, and Hamish, they've only delivered us three final series in their careers. Um, yeah. So you'd have to say all of them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Robbie's the, probably the jury's been, out on all of them at the moment. I think, look, I think Boak and Gray had fantastic final series. Um, and to, a, to an extent, Hartler did as well in 2014. I think Westhoff did in 2013 and a little bit in 14 as well. Um, but obviously we've done nothing since. So they don't really count anymore. Like it's, it's a new bowl game at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Robert has asked, uh, is the filthy look from Tom Jonas at the Maccas post-match interview enough to suggest a savage response against the Hawks this week? No, no, I haven't seen it. Did you see it? Yeah, he didn't look happy. He didn't look overly happy. He looked really let, this your, let down. Is this your segment, Macca? No. No, that would, be, that would be the McDonald's post-match interview. How can they do Maccas? You sh- you, they shouldn't be calling it Maccas. All right. No. Clearly, I've trademarked that, uh, that nickname. But. Absolutely. Mm. All right. And the question we've been waiting for here from Hammer Number Eight is what's your favourite Arnott Shapes flavour? Mate, this is oh, the question of all questions. I don't know who should reveal their hand first. I think. Well, let, let's go. I, I want a ranking. I want a rating from you. Let's go through them one by one here. We'll go the traditional barbecue shapes first. What do you? What's your opinion? Oh, number one. Whoa, number one. Okay. I love I f- the barbecue. I feel like barbecue shapes are one that has changed the recipe a little bit over time. I think it's a little bit spicier now than it used to be. Um, I reckon I used to prefer it back in the old days, but maybe that's just my mind playing tricks. I don't know. But, yeah, you can't go wrong with barbecue shapes. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Next one, yes. pizza shapes. Yeah, I don't mind pizza shapes, but I reckon they're a little bit below um, barbecue shapes. Yeah. 
I think I think they used to be better as well. And, and their recipe, I reckon that recipe's changed. It doesn't have as much flavour. No, definitely doesn't have a, as much bits on it as it used to. Yeah, used to be more bitsy. Chicken yes. crimpies, mate. What's your What's your opinion on I'd, the crimpy? I'd have them number two. See, I've got them number one. I love the crimpy. Yeah, see, I go for the bar. I go for the uh, barbecue more than the crimpy, but I don't mind the crimpy. Fair enough. <coughs> which, to... con- which condiment would you use with the uh, the chicken crimpy? What condiment? See, I, well, why would you spoil the taste of the chicken crimpy with the comp- co- uh, condiment, I, mate? I would go a French onion dip. Mm. I do like a French onion. I do. I do enjoy that dip. Um, I can see how that would work, but. I still think that uh, changing the flavour of a chicken crimpy should be a no-go zone to me. But the size of the biscuit is one that could support a dip. I would agree with that. Absolutely. What's yeah. the other What's the other one? The triangle, isn't it? Well, there's the, there's the nacho cheese. What's your opinion on the nacho cheese? Uh, that's, I, I don't even think I've had the nacho cheese. Is that a new range? No, no, that's been out for, well, I reckon at least... At least 10 years, probably 15. No, I don't reckon I've gone to the nacho cheese. Yeah, I'm not a fan. That's probably my least favourite. And what, but what's the, Is it smoky barbecue or the, that tri, the triangle There's one? There's the savoury. The savoury, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I do like the savoury. It's a little bit bland, but on occasion I do have a hankering for the savoury. I think it's it's got its own little niche market there, I reckon. Yeah, I'd have that number three. Yeah. What about cheese and bacon? Yeah, see, again, cheese and bacon's not one I've really flocked to either, so I'd have that down the bottom. I like the cheese and bacon. I think that's got a good flavour profile to it. Really nice. What about the cheddar? Yeah, no, again, mid-table for me. Mid-table, yeah. It's sort of average. Yeah. What about, have you have you tried any of the new age ones, like the lamb and rosemary or the uh, the meat pie, the sausage sizzle? No, the, veg- I the Vegemite and cheese. I must admit, it's been it's been a few years since I bought a packet outside of the barbecue shapes. Okay, I've tried all the new ones. I've got to say, the lamb and rosemary is very nice. It's very is it very really? nice. I think the sausage sizzle is pretty good. Yeah, the meat the meat pie tastes like a meat pie, but it's a bit weird. Um, <laughs> not a fan. And uh, the veg, Vegemite awesome. and cheese, not a fan of that one either. I am a big fan of Vegemite and cheese, but I much prefer just a like a Jack's cracker. Bit of butter, bit of Vegemite, and then a, a torn up bit of sliced cheese on top. Fair enough. You can't go wrong with the Jats. I prefer the Clicks. I got to say, or a Ritz. Really? Yeah, I think Clicks is definitely the best of that cracker market. Bad I always found them crumbly. They are deliciously crumbly, mate. Perfectly crumbly. What about Not, the nice cheese? bit of crumbly aged cheddar, a bit of prosciutto? What about the cheese biscuit? What cheese biscuit? Uh, I can't remember the brand, but mm. I think I might be on it. Where it's like a cracker, but cheese flavoured, mm. and it's like angular shape. Oh yeah, well, I know the one you're talking about. I can't yeah. remember the name of it. I do. Yes, oh, that that one's not bad. That one isn't That's bad. Got pretty good flavour too. It does. I've got to say though, <clears throat> whilst Arnott's is the traditional favourite, I do love the inner biscuit. Or I haven't even seen this range for a long time now, but the Inner Biscuit range, which had Dixie Drumsticks, which was the king of the biscuits. I haven't seen that for years, and I'm I'm, I'm hankering for some fucking 
Dixie drumsticks, mate. I don't know where they've gone. Someone needs to direct me uh, to a shop which, to, which sells them. We need to have a, maybe a social media push to bring it back. Yeah. And there, and the cheese in a biscuit, the one which yeah. looked like Swiss cheese with the holes in it, yeah. yes. that was that was excellent as well. Oh, you're bringing back memories now. All right. Yes, I used to like my crackers and dip. No wonder I was fat as a teenager. Ah. <laughs> oh. Good times. Great, great question. It was the best question for the whole year. Yeah. We need more food questions for when we lose. Yes. Make, it, make it happen, people. We're relying on the questions here. It's like, I haven't had a good old Kingston biscuit for a while. Oh, Kingston's are the best. If Can't there's beat a, a Kingston. If there's a biscuit that you could knock off a whole packet and not feel guilty, what would it be? <laughs> Uh, and not feel guilty. Yeah. The TV snacks count. Well, yeah, whatever you choose. I reckon TV snacks because they're a pretty small box. I'd go. I'd go the. I've I've downed a whole packet of chocolate royals before. Oh. Yeah. I'd love to say that I could do Tim Tams, so I reckon they'd be a little bit too sickly. I, I wouldn't yeah. feel too crash hot at I'd, the end of it. Man, you'd have to be a risk taker to do a whole packet of Tim Tams. Yeah. Look, I like I like to live on the wild side, Rick. You know that. But... Do you? Maybe, well, why don't you try it, Maka? Yeah. Well, I'm fat enough as it is, mate. So. Ah, <laughs> um... uh, we only live once. Miles will have fun. True. That's it. Well, we'll be back on uh, Thursday night to discuss the Hawthorne game and um, how we're going to beat them, which will be Who's great. Who's back? The return of Chad Wingard to uh, Adelaide Oval. Is it Porsche and you or me and you? Uh, it'll be me and Porsche, I think, mate. Great. Yes, the return of Chad. Return are of you, the Chad. Are you going to boo? Are you in the booing camp? I'm not much of a booer unless he acts like a twat and then I'll boo. I'm not a, I'm not a booer either. I don't, I don't feel a need to boo. I'm more I'd of rather, a shouter. Yeah. I'd rather cheer my own, my own players than boo. Yeah. I don't even know why we're previewing it because we all know what's going to happen. So It's going to be a slaughter. It's going to be great. No, Chad will kick the winner. No. Guar- guaranteed. But guaranteed. That, not entertaining it. I'll hang up the phone right now. It's absolutely going to happen. You know it. All right. I'm out of here. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back Thursday. Car the pair. Go the barbecue shades. Where's the inner biscuit? That's what I want to know.